Last Sunday, I shared with you about weed eating, about how in our lives we have to sometimes prune away and, and cut back the things that can take us from our, our purpose or our, 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 true, our true, um, true goal. And, you know, I got to last week as well within that, I got to, you know, preach with a weapon. First time I ever preached with a Kaiser blade. So um, I promise this week no weapons. Well, I don't promise no weapons. I do not anticipate using a weapon during this sermon, but, you know. It's always 50-50. Either it's going to happen or it's not. So uh, everything's 50-50. So, um, but I used that Kaiser blade that my daddy used and that I used growing up. So today I wanted to kind of, kind of share with you another story about my childhood. or really more kind of share with you about something I internalized as a, as a child. Something I internalized early in my life. And it was something that I internalized that I was not taught by any preacher. I don't want to say any preacher that I ever had taught this to me. And I'm pretty sure no Sunday school teacher ever taught it to me either. But it was just something that somewhere along the way I picked up. And I internalized. And it really shaped my view of God. It actually was my view of God. And it shaped me in many ways, not really for the good. Um, When I was a young child, or even as I grew into young adulthood, if you asked me, how did I see God? What was my impression of God? How did I view God? What did I see? I'll tell you what I saw, how I saw God for a long portion of my life. God was an old man in heaven with a long flowing beard and long white hair. He was sitting on his throne. And when I saw God, I didn't just see him, but I saw his face. And you know what I saw on God's face? Anger. God was not a, not a fan of mine. He was angry at me for the stuff I'd done wrong. He looked at me with a look of disapproval. He looked at me and saw someone that he was not very proud of. Somebody he was very disappointed in. He was sitting on his throne with his white hair and his white beard, looking down at me in judgment, looking down at me in disappointment. I often say I looked at God and saw an angry Colonel Sanders, you know, an old old man in heaven with white beard, with lightning bolts in hand, ready to zap me for the mistakes that I'd made. That, that's how, for really most of my, especially younger life, I saw God. God was in heaven and was not a fan of mine and was very disappointed in the things that I'd done wrong. So that shaped, that shaped the way I served. That shaped, the, I mean, I went to church every Sunday because I knew he didn't like me. And maybe, maybe if I was good enough Maybe if I did enough good stuff, it would outweigh the things I'd done wrong. So if I went to church on Sunday, maybe it would appease him and he wouldn't be mad at me. But then, of course, with human nature, I tried to be good and was very bad. Uh, C.S. Lewis once said, no man knows how very evil he is till he has tried very hard to be good. Um, so I, so I, I, I did the right, th- when I, the times of my life when I was obedient, I was doing it out of fear. Like, oh my gosh, God's mad at me, so I'd better do this because he's mad at me. Or I did it out of obligation. I'd better or else he's going to get madder at me. 
So much of my life, so much of my walk with him, so much of the stuff that I did, even the good things were done because I knew God was mad at me. And I knew he was disappointed at me, in me. And I knew he was out to get me. That's how I viewed God for a long time. God didn't like me. <laughs> He's kind of upset with me. So that shaped my view of God for a long time. Then as I got a little older, I read three books that kind of adjusted that. One was a book by Philip Yancey entitled, What's So Amazing About Grace? Another was a book by Brendan Manning entitled, The Ragamuffin Gospel. And then third was, you know, the actual Bible. <laughs> because what I believed about God was not scriptural. <laughs> it's not what the Bible says. So when I read these things, I encountered something that changed my life in a way that reverberates to this day. I encountered grace. For the first time in my life, I realized God loved me. God didn't love me because of anything that I'd done. God didn't love me because of the good stuff I've done. God, God I had not earned God love, God's love, but in fact, God simply radically loved me. Not because of any perfect action I'd done, not because of anything I'd done right, but God simply loved me because that's who God is. God is love. And as my loving father in heaven, God simply loved me. And when I understood that, that changed my life more than anything else in my life. That God simply loved me as a parent loves their child. When I understood grace, 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 it changed me. It changed my view of God. It changed my view of other people. It changed how I lived. It changed how I acted. It changed how I interacted with people. When I understood this simple life-giving fact, God loves us. And you don't have to spend your life earning that love. You don't have to spend that life trying to do enough good stuff to undo the bad stuff. God simply loves you. That changed everything. Because now I don't serve to earn God's love. Now, now I serve as a joyful response to a God who loves me. Now I don't give to make God love me. Now I give because I, I get to. I heard a, the bishop say one time, there's two types of preachers. There's those that have to preach on Sunday and those that get to preach on Sunday. I get to preach on Sunday, y'all. Because Jesus loves me. And when I internalize that, I realize this. It all comes down to Jesus. He is the vine and we are are the branches, and he is our life. We cannot find life anywhere but Jesus. You are his beloved. You don't have to earn it. 
You just have to accept it. And everything comes down to Jesus. Everything matters because Jesus matters in all things. There's not a moment of your life. There's not a thing you can do. There's not a situation ever that cannot be infused with and bathed by the grace of Jesus Christ. Everything matters. So in this month... We've talked about taking root. We see today in the text that Jesus Christ is the vine that we are rooted in. And everything matters because Jesus matters in all things. You are loved. Hear me, church. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. God is not disappointed in you. God loves you. He loves you more than your mind can even possibly understand. You are his beloved. And everything we do from there is an act of joyous response to that love. Everything matters because you are loved. So yes, we come now to this time of commitments. In just a moment when we have our closing hymn, we're going to invite you as you would to come down and place your commitment cards at the foot of the cross. I like the imagery of the foot of the cross because it's all about Jesus. But you don't have to. Don't tell the finance committee I said that. You don't have to. You get to. It's an act of, it's an act of joyful response, y'all. All of our life, whether, whether you choose to make a commitment or not, I, you know, it's about Jesus. Whether you choose to commit and take root or not, it's about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. And y'all, if I want this church to be about anything, if I want this church to be about anything, I want it to be about the life-changing grace of Jesus Christ because nothing else matters. Nothing else matters but Jesus. And if we proclaim him, and if we lift him high, and if we commit to him, and if we serve him, and if we love him, and if we love others like him, he will change everything. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And he loves you. He loves you. So today as we turn in commitment cards, or or if not, it's your decision. Your love regardless. Know that everything we do here is about him. And all of this stuff is our joyful response. When you realize your love, you can't help but love others. He is the vine, and we are the branches. May we find our life in him, for life can be found nowhere else. Let us pray.